RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. You may remember a month or so ago, we talked to Michael Vaughan, a registered psychologist working with children, and we talked about well, quite a few things, mainly about um, how to manage uh, in terms of parents and kids, how to manage your kids' online experiences, uh, the time spent uh, online in front of screens, et cetera, the downsides, the health problems, both physical and mental. We also talked about how you can limit the, um, I guess, the radiation in your house from all the devices and the Wi-Fi, et cetera. So Michael is back with us. Good to see you again, Michael. Good to chat again. Thank you for having me back, Paul. Okay. Um, The reason we're having a chat is because since we talked, uh, and it was about a month ago, uh, stories come out really confirming, you know, what we were talking about. In fact, it's... uh, it's un- uncannily um, familiar to me because we touched on these uh, points, but without the study. And that is a study that was, uh, I think, done by the University of Otago, published in the New Zealand Medical Journal, examining the extent of children's, and particularly adolescents, they say, screen time using wearable camera data from an earlier kids cam project. So they had, I guess, you know, recorded real time as it was as they're recording it, data. Um, really showing what uh, the young people were doing. And uh, 100 young people involved, 11 to 13 years uh, of age, wearing these cameras that captured images every seven seconds. And it would be fair to say that that most of their findings are almost identical to the points that we were talking about back when we chatted, right? Yeah, absolutely. So no surprise that they were going to find that out. Maybe they should have given you a call. They're going to save themselves a huge effort. Interesting way of doing that, though, uh, of putting cameras on the young people and uh, and capturing those images every seven seconds. Quite an interesting way of doing it, don't you think? Well, it's it's good that it actually gives factual information because um, you know some studies rely on verbal reports and things like that, you know, which aren't necessarily accurate. Yeah, they they found that they spent more than a third of their after-school time using screens with higher rates after 8 o'clock. Again, kind of almost totally aligned with what we were talking about and what you were telling us about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're we're ahead of the curve, Paul. (laughs) As I say, they should have given you a call. So (laughs) is this a sign that people are starting to wake up? Do we call it a problem? I guess it is a problem, isn't it? Well, I think it's a huge problem. Um, I think, as I mentioned in the interview last time that you did with me, Paul, um, in my private practice, I'm finding this is the number one issue that parents seem to be concerned about. Um, You know, parents bring kids to me for all sorts of reasons, but inevitably at some point in the conversation, this topic of screen time crops up. And as well as the harms that it's causing kids, um, it's also causing a lot of conflict in in the families as parents and kids sort of battle away on the over the screen time issue. Yeah, it's it's a problem that really hasn't been there before. I guess the 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 most uh, historical equivalent would be you're watching too much TV, but that's (laughs) easy. That's easy to to manage, right? Yeah, and, and and it's nothing like as 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 damaging for a whole host of reasons. You know, the kids are usually you know quite a distance from from TVs, um, and, and of course, you know, TVs at least in the old days, um, you know, we're not picking out um, lots of radiation. Uh, whereas kids watching videos and gaming with devices close 
to their faces, um, they're, they're getting all the the uh, the radiation from those devices at very close quarters. And the parents could monitor them easily as well. This is all remote, isn't it? You can go to anywhere and stay connected. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you seeing? Remind us what you see then when when you're sort of dealing with this, you know, parents, kids come to you um, because we know that there are, and we talked about that, there are, you know, health downsides. Um, how far into a problem are they by the time they get to you? Well, I, I don't have a lot of um, parents bringing kids to me specifically about the screen time issue. But what I'm finding is, you know, that they come to me with related issues like uh, particularly anxiety um, and also low mood, depression. And the amount of screen time that they are engaging in is, is often a factor in, in those situations. Um, and even when they, they, they bring kids to me for a whole host of other reasons, uh, quite often the screen time issue crops up, as I, as I said, because it's causing so much conflict between parents and kids. Is it now, would you say, the most common sort of cause of that conflict in the home now? Yeah, no, this is the number one topic that co- seems to be causing conflict in the home. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about some of the ways that you can sort of manage that, but it seems to me that it, it's almost like a losing battle unless you become sort of like a commandant in your home and start really insisting and laying down laws and rules and really enforce them. And I can see the reaction of kids to that. Um, that could just create further conflict. It's a difficult one, isn't it? It is, and I really feel for parents, and I, I think that um, our government – uh, our Ministry of Health and our schools are absolutely letting parents down. Um, if kids were being educated by third parties, and uh, as you as as you know, Paul, you know, kids will always listen to other people more than their parents. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, if they were getting educated about the health. Uh, and psychological issues of excessive screen time, if they were getting that education at school and if that was being promoted by our government and, you know, through the Ministry of Health, then that would provide a lot of backup for parents, wouldn't it? Whereas at the moment, I think, you know, the poor old parents are are kind of battling this issue single-handedly at home and they're getting no backup from outside. At least now we're starting to get a little bit of publicity, which hopefully is providing a little bit of backup. But um, I really feel that uh, you know our governments and and our schools are really dropping the ball on this one, and um, they need to uh, sharpen up their act. Well, they seem to be spending a lot of time trying to tell children that you know there are 101 genders and all this other stuff, where it's, <laughs> you know compared to. This problem, um, you know, that's possibly a lot less significant. So do you think it's time, uh, what you're saying is, if there is a health curriculum in school, that really this needs to be one of the main features of it now because it has health consequences, right? Absolutely, 100%. How would that work, do you think, with your knowledge? How how would that sort of uh, be put together to work and be effective? Because you've got to keep the kids on side. They don't want to think that they're being told to do something that isn't cool. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, at, at the end of the day, um, kids will fight parents if they don't understand fully the reasons why parents are trying to restrict their time. If they think their parents are just making a fuss about nothing or are just being, being you know, difficult or whatever, um, they're going to fight it. But if they're getting educated uh, when they're at school about the various uh, negative effects that, that can occur if they, you know, if they spend too much time in front of screens, particularly if they're physically very close to the screens, et cetera, um, then I think it would be much easier for parents to say, hey, you know, we need to, we need to come up with a bit of a system here that um, enables you to do what you need to do online because uh, it's a big part of life these days. We, we can't get away from that. Um, but at the same time, you know, we want to protect children's well-being. We want to protect their physical health as well as their mental health. Do we have to consider going to the level of, you know, like other health-affecting <laughs> habits, let's say? I mean, we're always telling kids, young people, that you can't smoke, you can't drink uh, for obvious reasons. Are we heading to a point where we really have to consider, I don't know, drawing a line in the sand on an age um, that kids can have open access to this sort of online world? Because it seems to me that with the best intentions, the the attraction of it is so strong that we could be fighting a losing battle ultimately. Well, you're right. The attraction is very, very strong, and, and that's why the um the education campaign in the other direction so to speak you know informing them of the need to restrict their their screen time that needs to be a really strong campaign um the ministry of health puts out various advertising campaigns about other health issues um pours lots of money into various campaigns and um and yet i don't see much happening on this one despite the fact that it's an enormous issue. Well, they spend $500 million on rat tests. <laughs> You'd think this would be slightly more important, a higher priority than that. Yeah, think- absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a health issue and um, it needs to be addressed. It's harming our kids. You know, you just, you, you know, you just can't get away from the fact that it, it's harming our kids. Um, and yet, what are they doing about it? I don't see much at all. How do we explain the lack of action, Michael? What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's, I think, to some extent, a reluctance to kind of go against the telecommunication companies, you know, because the telcos are trying to convince us that we need more and more uh, data, we need more and more devices to be talking to other devices. You know, our, our fridge apparently needs to talk to our hairdryer for some reason. Yeah. Um, you know, and of course, they, they, they just want to sort of sell us more and more uh, services. Um, and, you know, the governments and the telcos are very, very closely aligned. Um, the governments are very supportive of the, the telco industry. Um, they can pretty much put their towers where they like, as many as they like, with, uh, you know, virtually no um, permissions being needed. Um, the mainstream media, they also seem to be very much aligned with the telcos in terms of not wanting to upset them because obviously they get lots of advertising revenue from the telcos. 
So you've got this alliance between the mainstream media, the the corporates, you know, the telecommunications companies, and the government um, being very kind of, um, you know, very much an ally along the way. And so th those three together form a very powerful alliance. Yeah, they seem to be in education anyway, <clears throat> uh, quite happy to, you know, uh, teach other things that parents have a, a big problem with, many of them do. Yeah. Which are which compared to this aren't a priority at all. They affect a very small, almost a head of a pin size population in the country. This, it seems to me, is an urgent situation because as these children want in 10 years, those 13-year-olds will be 23. Yeah. And yeah. and then they will come into, you know, the main uh, earning and um and active part of the economy, let's say, in the not too distant future within 10 15 years what sort of country are we going to have if we've got maladjusted um anxiety ridden and people only with knowledge of um, only relationships that are online and, and not really in person anymore it sounds a bit scary to me yeah absolutely um in fact there have been studies done showing that the teenagers get a lot of benefit from sitting down personally together talking about their issues things that they might not want to talk about with with parents or teachers or or, or adults um and and that's tremendously uh, beneficial for their mental health and they're re kind of replacing that to a large extent these days with um, online communications and um it, it would appear that the the benefit they get from those is nothing like as as much as from the actual you know personal contact with um, with their peers so i think um I, I think kids more and more need to be educated about the importance of actually physically getting together with their friends and talking about you know the the, the, the things that are on their mind uh rather than just relying on on online communication and then, of course, there, and we talked about uh, these downsides last time we chatted, you know, the physical problems that come from this, obesity, poor sleep, which, of course, affects mental functioning, lack of physical yeah. activity. So, you know, there's the mental side, but we're going to have a, a far unhealthier population, aren't we, physically? Yeah, absolutely, and sleep seems to be kind of the... Uh... The, the kind of trigger to to more serious issues um you know kids many kids have got devices in their bedrooms you know you got you got young kids um with devices under the under the bedclothes um with their phones pinging in the middle of the night uh, stuff like that um inevitably that's going to disrupt their sleep and, and then there are a whole lot of kind of ripple effect issues that come from that um you know beginnings of depression can start to to set in if um you know kids are feeling tired and unwell um and then that of course affects their ability to socialize and get the the benefits of of that that kind of you know personal social interaction with peers and so it's it's a real ripple effect and and lack of sleep or poor quality of sleep seems to be kind of a trigger for a lot of a lot of um things that can follow that 
And of course, you get that, you know, accumulating, accumulative lack of sleep over a long period of time. That's that's really bad. I know what that's like. It's really bad. (laughs) You don't want that. Absolutely. Anyone who's had, had kids will know what that feels like, especially in those early years. Is this a problem that's more an issue for young females than males, I'm wondering? I think um, it's it's actually from from some of the reading I've done, it actually seems to be a little bit more the other way around. Boys seem to be on devices actually more than girls. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure if that's an absolutely proven fact, but I've certainly read of at least one study that that's kind of um, indicated that. Yeah, I'm just wondering if the mental well-being, you know, the anxiety, because. I know I've I've watched Jordan Peterson and and he um, has made the point many times that when it comes to conflict between females, it's about reputational damage. Between males, it's more potentially a physical thing or, or a physically threatening thing. And that reputational damage that's done, as opposed to physical, I mean, we don't want either, obviously, can really lead to some very dark places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, kids, kids um, standing in, in their peer group is very, very important to them. Um, and so, you know, if online they're getting negative um, messages or negative feedback, um, it's, well, it's people kind of, piling in on them. Yeah, absolutely. It's it can be tremendously damaging to their self esteem, which is. Well, it's really important that as much as possible, parents are involved in what their kids are doing online. I know that becomes more and more difficult as kids get older. You know, they don't necessarily want mum or dad peering over their shoulder while they're no, they don't. messaging. I totally get that. But um, I, I think it's important for, for parents to not just um, treat kids as out of sight, out of mind when they're on their devices. I think parents need to be Floating around needs to be kind of involved to some extent, talking, communicating about what their kids are doing online. Is it too over the top to say, because I'm thinking if I was dealing with a situation now, last time we chatted, I think I mentioned they've got adult children now and they really um, sort of came through when this whole thing, this era, this new era was just beginning. Yeah. And the connectivity wasn't there. There wasn't mobile data. Um, there were phones and there was texting and and that was about it. And I'm wondering what I'd do today. Is it too extreme to say that actually the responsible thing is here is to not let your children under a certain age have anything to do with this? That say at 16, you start, because this could damage them for life. And if there's no curriculum or no um, uh, education on this that that's meaningful and actually results in anything. You you have to go into some sort of protective mode, don't you, and be serious about it, even if it's difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I, I think it's really important that that parents first of all become educated themselves about the range of psychological and physical effects, and also what can be done to mitigate against those um, effects. Well, banning it does. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it can also destroy relationships. Well, they Um, get over it, right? They get over (laughs) it. (laughs) Well, it's such an integral part of life now, Paul. Um, I I think, you know, if a parent went 
went to say one of my talks and then went home and and immediately just banned their kids from all online stuff I, I think it would just create a war in in the household and I actually warn parents about this you know when I do talks on this subject um, I think how parents handle this issue has to it depends a lot on two main factors one is the relationship that the parent has with the child and and the second of course is the age of the child I, I think it's a journey it's it's a journey that has to be navigated very carefully because kids uh, these days um, it's it's part of their life to communicate to their peers online and if you deprive them of that you can actually create tremendous anxiety <clears throat> excuse me in the fact in the, as far as they don't know what's happening what's being said in their group and that can make them feel very unsettled of course it can also lead to tremendous resentment towards the parent so there's some pretty big issues there so unfortunately it's not quite as easy as just going home and saying right you know and in your devices is, give me your phone yeah <laughs> yeah quite as simple as that <laughs> though you could um make that interaction more obvious in the household so you're not sort of hidden away okay so here's yeah. the here's the computer here's the laptop you're free to use that but it's in this room and that's all yeah absolutely i mean i think i, I think kids have to be given a, a, a much greater understanding of of the physical and and psychological effects of of being on screens, you know, many, many, many hours. Um, and even though parents, I think, are aware that it's not good, I think if you ask the average parent what are what are the what are the physical and psychological effects, they wouldn't they wouldn't know a lot of them, you know, and because there's not much community education going on about this subject. So I think education of parents so that they can educate their kids is very, very important. But as I say, I think the, the government has got a huge role to play in that in terms of putting the messaging out there um, so that it's freely available to parents to, to easily get educated on this subject. And then I think that needs backing up by the schools educating the kids while they're at school. And then you've got a situation where in the home setting, you've got educated parents talking to children who are also at least to some extent educated on the subject yeah so you can so you can then come to a more a more sensible logical outcome in terms well, of use yep. the uh, researcher dr moira smith of the university's department of public health in wellington uh, says <laughs> here that um content that they were being exposed to um, they experienced sexism, racism, and bullying while online. Yeah. Cyberbullying is particularly high among children here, with one in four parents reporting their child has been subjected to bullying while online. Mm. Bullying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's one in four. Yes, and we know that, that bullying can have tremendously negative effects on, on, on kids' mental well-being, particularly if it's over an extended period of time. Well, they can harm themselves. Well, yeah, yeah. It can it can lead to loss of confidence on what, you know, initially, and then that can lead into to low mood and depression. And then of course, 
you know, ultimately that that can, in some cases, unfortunately, lead to uh, to self harming and suicide. So it's certainly something we need to treat very seriously. So you would like to see something happen at what the education level soon. Absolutely. I mean, I think you know this this needs to be treated a bit like something like smoking. You know, um, the community needs to be educated about the negative effects, and the government needs to treat it seriously because it's 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 having a tremendously harmful effect on our kids, and it's having a tremendously harmful effect on on family relationships. Yeah, so it's a it's a real double whammy. Okay, so last time we talked also, you, we talked about um, electromagnetic radiation in the home from the devices, and I know that you were working on um, creating a website and, and and getting the message out about that uh, more than it is out there at the moment. So do you want to update us on that as well? Yes. Um, yes, we've got a lot of the content um, all, all set to go. We're just... Uh, getting a design specialist just to tidy it up a bit, make it look a little bit um, more um, uh, presentable and easy to navigate, et cetera. And we look forward to getting that up uh, very, very soon. But there's already a wealth of information, some very, very good websites that people can can go to for for really good quality evidence-based information. Okay. And did you get any interest after our chat? Just curious. Yes, I've got a number of emails. and I've uh, had people approach me about doing some some talks to parent groups. Um, so they're now sort of going back to their their um, you know little groups that uh, you know attend a certain school. So I'm hoping to start talking to groups of parents, and um, I'm hoping that uh, maybe some some schools themselves will actually be open minded enough to to actually. Um, get upskilled on this this whole issue good luck with that <laughs> you got to well, try though i think that i think there are some schools out there that um would like to 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 know how they they can protect their kids more effectively um and i think the publicity recently there's been you know several articles in the media recently about this screen time um issue so i'm hoping it'll become a little bit of a hot topic um, and schools will be more receptive to having, you know, people like myself come in and and offer them some some training and some education. Well, I hope so, and I'm sure our listeners hope so as well. It seems to me to be the big sort of bubbling under problem, maybe not even bubbling under anymore, but the, the big emerging problem mm, for kids. Michael Vaughan, thank you for coming on RCR again. It was good to catch up with you again. Yeah, lovely to chat with you, Paul, any time. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.